All right, let's take a look at the local community problem uh, persuasive argument paper. Again, I have three uh, examples from some of my former students here that will show you exactly what I'm looking for on this paper, how I assess it, and what you can do and what you probably shouldn't do. So again, we're going to try to learn from uh, some of the mistakes in these papers as well as some of uh, the successes. So let's take a look at the first one here. Uh, if you remember, this, this assignment is designed to uh, identify a problem in one of your local communities and argue a solution to that problem. Uh, you need to keep in mind audience and the audience is going to be who you are arguing to and your reasons will differ depending on your audience. So here's the first one and right off the bat I have a couple problems with this uh, introduction and those are highlighted in yellow. Um, a persuasive argument is not the time to be humble about your opinion. It's not the time to ride the fence. It's not the time to make your argument sound insignificant. Uh, so this student used a lot of language early on that undermines his argument, that kind of kills his argument. Uh, so this phrase, now I know that isn't much, but it's just enough to be annoying. That makes it sound like it's not really a huge deal. Uh, later on, he says, I know it might not sound like much. Uh, I would just like to ask. So it puts him in a position of uh, limited power, which is not going to help with his argument. Um, he does have a specific problem, though, that is, that is highlighted here in the red. His problem is when uh, the township works on the street or in his neighborhood with no advance notice. Uh, it causes people to lose their parking space and um, to spend a lot of time looking for another parking space. Uh, it looks like this, I think this is his argument, uh, give the neighborhood uh, notice so that they can plan accordingly. And now we need to look for what are the reasons that the township should give notice on construction work. Uh, his first reason, he states, is to plan accordingly. He gives some, some evidence here as far as uh, why planning accordingly is important, but what he doesn't do is give reasons why the township should give notice. So there's a little bit of a difference there. Yeah, if, if people plan accordingly, then they can make sure they don't lose their parking spaces. Um, how it relates to small children, keeping them out of danger is not super clear. Um, he references a source here, uh, hgtv.com. I would question if that's the best source. Um, so as he's writing th this reason, it seems to get to the point where he's really arguing about uh, keeping children safe. So maybe that's really the first reason. Uh, giving notice to the neighborhood will help keep children safe. And that's something that the township should really be interested in. Uh, so by the end of that paragraph, I'm questioning, okay, but why should the township give you notice? What's in it for them? Again, you need to know who your audience is and you need to understand what's in it for them. Um, is safety really the concern here? Is there a concern for the safety of children? So moving on to reason two is people lose their parking spots. Um, not the best reason in my mind. 
it, but it is an annoyance. Uh, so again, it's a little bit of riding on the fence here. Uh, he goes to the township uh, webpage, which is a great place to go in search of a ordinance or a rule on this. And then it, he writes this strange sentence. I found nothing except for a schedule of leaf removal. I think the point that he's trying to make here is that there is no rule, there is no ordinance. I don't think we need to know about the leaf schedule, the leaf pickup schedule. It just seems strange and unnecessary. Uh, so it now becomes an issue of, uh, is this really an argument to include an ordinance in the township on construction notice? So I'm wondering if his argument is shifting a little bit. Uh, he then moves on to the end of his essay here where he where he attempts to address the opposition and this is how he does it I understand it's not ideal for the township or the workers to do such a thing that is give the give the neighborhood notice uh, but I'm not sure why he assumes that um, so when you're addressing your opposition you need to know what their counter argument is so what what would prevent a township from giving notice on a construction schedule? Uh, maybe the construction schedule is is um, not as planned out as we think it is. Maybe it's kind of last minute. Um, that that could be an argument against this that they don't necessarily know exactly where they're going to be, depending on weather and and traffic and all that. Um, maybe the township just doesn't realize that they need to give notice. Maybe they just don't don't realize it. Maybe they think that they show up in the middle of the day when supposedly everyone's at work, they avoid the traffic, the high traffic times, and that's enough. Uh, but I'm not sure that this student understands the opposition. Um, he then states that accepting his position will help you, help you as in the township, and I question how. How is it going to help them out? Uh, I think there is an argument to be made there, but how is it going to help them out? Uh, so I would question this student on what the opposition would actually say. What is actually happening here with the opposition? And again, this, this essay required a couple sources, and this student used the uh, township webpage, and again, this HGTV source, um, and make sure it's in alphabetical order and before you put, put that into the works cited. Uh, so let's take a look at the uh, scoring for this essay. Uh, purpose and direction, yeah, he fulfilled the assignment. Um, there, was a, there was an attempt to go towards an argument. Uh, the thesis and the introduction, I had a little bit of problem with because of uh, some of the uh, language that he used that really undermined his argument. Uh, his two reasons with evidence, um, this is out of 40 points and I wasn't clear on his reasons and I wasn't thrilled with them. Uh, the evidence was was not not the best. He didn't use the sources necessarily as evidence. Um, he used a lot of his own personal experience and uh, stories from from his family, which is okay. But again, the reasons were just not super clear. Uh, acknowledging the opposition is the next part. And I don't think he was super clear on what the opposition would say. And a few mechanical issues, and he didn't quite go all the way down to the, uh, no, he didn't. He had three and a half pages. So a few mechanical issues. So for a total score, 
this one's out of 90 points, so I would give it a 73 out of 90, uh, which is about an 81%. And that's a B. I would say this essay is kind of a borderline B slash C. I think it's right, right on the border there. Um, there were there there are some issues with uh, language undermining your own argument and not necessarily knowing what the opposition would say, as well as not having clear reasons. Uh, so I, I would I would put that right on the border. Let's take a look at our second one. Uh, this one is a little more clear as far as what uh, the argument is, and a very compelling introduction that you can read here. Um, and the title, the title really uh, tells us exactly what this essay is going to be about. And here is the argument. This student does not want the, her neighborhood or the farmland around her to be turned into a development. So she's arguing against new developments. Uh, so let's, let's see what her reasons are. Um, her first reason is an interesting one, that there are lots of homes for sale in the neighborhood. So I'm, I'm questioning if that's, if that's reason, reason number one for not building new developments. Can you argue that don't build new developments, we still have a lot of unsold homes? Yeah, I think you can. Uh, so let's see how she plays this out. She's saying uh, older homes are more affordable, um, they have a historic charm to them, and they just need a little bit of love. Uh, and then there's this sentence which I found a little problematic. Buildings were built to last back in the day, so the older your home, the stronger it is. Um, I'm not really buying that. That if she's not connecting that statement to evidence, and it's a it's a pretty huge oversimplification. Um, certainly, we can all think of older homes that were were not built to last and did not last, um, and we could think of newer homes that are that make use of a, a lot of new technology uh, that will last a little bit longer than some of the older stuff. At, at the end of the day, I don't like this sentence. I don't think it's very compelling. If you're going to use this sentence, uh, make sure to back it up with some sort of research or evidence. Uh, she goes on and talks about the ca character of older homes and the historic neighborhood, uh, which I think is a compelling reason uh, to, to buy older homes, but it's not quite connecting to uh, not building new developments. So it seems that there are two separate arguments happening here. Uh, here's where I found reason number two. Building new homes is not only putting the old ones to waste, but it's also destroying nature, the nature around the neighborhoods. And okay, I, I can understand this. You know, there's nothing worse than seeing uh, a field or farmland, uh, you know, bulldozed over and then developed. I understand what she's saying here, but there is no, she doesn't uh, use any evidence. There is no evidence to support uh, the loss of land and, and the issues that come along with that. Uh, this is certainly a, a good reason, but she doesn't back it up with evidence. And she kind of uh, simplifies the issue of animals losing their home and then moving on and we'll never really see animals again. I think it's a little more complicated than that. And some research would have would have helped uh, helped her understand that. Uh, then she talks about 
you know, this is this is her backyard. She wants it to be quiet, and she used to be able to see, you know, uh, all these beautiful uh, this beautiful scenery. And now all she sees is the back of someone's house. Uh, she makes a statement here: the country is supposed to be private and quiet. I understand what she's saying there, but again, can she give evidence? Uh, it seems like a strange sentence, um, and that is that is an opinion, and she can clarify that that's her opinion. But she states it as fact, um, and she wants a a better scenery for her home. Um, so we get towards the conclusion, and here is where it's clear that there are two different arguments. Um, is she acknowledges the opposition, which we'll talk about in a second, but she also changes her argument to be more about restoring older homes than not building new homes. Now, of course, the two are related, yeah, but these are two different arguments. So are you going to argue that the community should invest in the restoration of older, unsold, maybe dilapidated homes to bring back the uh, historic charm and preserve the natural beauty of the neighborhood? Yes, you can do that. Or are you going to argue, uh, let's let's chill out on the developments. There are too many of them, and we're losing things that are important to us and our culture. Very different argument. Uh, here is what she believes the opposition would say, that population growth is out of control and everyone needs a new house. Okay, I'm not sure that that's really the opposition. Um, she may... You know, she's she's talking specifically about one place in Pennsylvania. Uh, perhaps she can reference the population growth in that township or city or town, uh, or even some some evidence from the research about population growth in general. Again, she just states it and doesn't really back it up. At the end of this essay, I'm not really sure who the audience is. Who has control over this situation. She references the township multiple times and that the township needs to do this and, and needs to do that. But I'm not sure that that is her audience. And I'm not sure that that is who uh, is reading this. I'm not sure that is who she's directing this argument to. It seems to be more of an, of an argument uh, directed towards her neighbors. Um, this, this strikes me as something that you can... Uh, pass around and get people to sign a petition, you know, a lot of communities kind of resist development and that sort of thing. And um, that is really where I feel that this, this essay is falling. Uh, she has some interesting sources. She doesn't really reference them, though. Um, she doesn't make use of them, unfortunately. And I think uh, she's got a couple MLA issues here as well. Uh, the confusion on her actual argument uh, has a has an impact on her sources as well. So let's take a look at how we will assess this. Purpose and direction. Uh, I'll give her full credit there. She clearly had a purpose and was going in the right direction. Uh, the thesis and her introduction were pretty good. I'll give her full credit there. I think the problem with her thesis was that it changed later in the essay and her argument actually changed. Um, so we'll see that with her score on the next category, two reasons with evidence. I think it was not clear what her reasons were as her argument began to shift from 
no more new developments to let's restore older homes. Um, and she didn't use any of the sources as evidence. She had a minimal understanding of the opposition. Uh, so I, I'll challenge her to think about that uh, a little more closely. Um, a few MLA issues in her in her uh, work cited page and doesn't really use the sources in in her text at all. Uh, so again, out of 90 points, uh, this essay, I will score 78 out of 90, which is about an 86%, which puts it in solid B range. Um, again, some areas to improve. It's, it sounds like she's making more than one argument, so I would challenge the student to pick one and go with that and make sure to bring evidence in to support that. So a little bit of work needs to be done uh, on this example. Okay, last one. This student is arguing um, about voting rights for convicted felons. And this introduction is a pretty good introduction. It's very well written. My one challenge, my one concern is that it really takes a long time to kind of get to the, to the, to the argument, uh, which is not a big deal. But in a paper that I'm only asking you to write three pages on, to not get to your argument until the top of the second page, you're losing a lot of real estate here. And here's his argument. Uh, felons ought to be permitted to vote. And uh, he outlines his reasons here. Um, it'll strengthen the democracy, body politic, and future of the United States. So I expect to see all of those things. Um, that's going to be his argument. So allowing felons and convicted felons to vote. Uh, here is what I found to be reason number one, which is a little bit of a shift. Now we're not, we're not talking about reasons why convicted felons or felons should be allowed to vote. Now we're talking about reasons why it's damaging that they are not permitted to vote, which is a little bit of a difference. Not allowing them to vote weakens and dilutes the democratic process. That's his reason. Uses a lot of uh, evidence from different sources, and you see that through here. Uh, a, few, a few MLA issues. Um, the next reason, reason number two, happens kind of here and eventually kicks in at the bottom of this page where he connects the issue of uh, race, uh, felony convictions, and voting, which is a uh, very highly talked about and written issue in, in this topic um, and touches on this issue of disenfranchisement. And again, uses a lot of evidence uh, to argue that disenfranchising a part of your population is not a good idea, and it's been resisted in the past. Now, keep in mind, what are we arguing here? We're arguing that felons and uh, former felons and convicted felons should be allowed to vote. So is this reason connecting to the argument uh, kind of tangentially again it's not it's not super clear um, that that that's 
exactly what the reason is. Um, These are very close issues. Uh, So lots of evidence here. You'll note here um, that here is a quote from a source, and that is a very long quote. Uh, Six, uh, seven lines or so. A couple different things here. I would discourage using quotes this long. Uh, It takes up a lot of real estate in your paper. Uh, You are technically permitted to do that. You would need to format it differently and use what's called a block quote, which kind of sets this quote out from the rest of the paper. Uh, But probably a better technique would be to just summarize this quote in your own words or take a portion of it and uh, summarize or paraphrase the rest. And the student does it again here as he uh, addresses the opposition. He goes straight to the opposition and uses the opposition's words to set up the the opposing argument, which is a fantastic idea. Again, it's a really long quote, so issues around that. But then the student just leaves it alone. He puts this giant quote out there that says, uh, citizens who have broken the rules have uh, kind of forfeited their right to be part of the democracy. That's that's the big argument against this. But he leaves it alone. Uh, I would encourage the student to counter it. The way he tries to do it is by saying his idea is better because it fosters inclusion and equality. I think there is a missing link here. Between these two thoughts, needs uh, the argument needs to be articulated that uh, these felons, despite committing a crime are still citizens and also the bigger issue that a lot of uh, felons are wrongfully convicted Um, so I was hoping to see that again a really long quote at the end of this uh, at the end of this this essay so make use of a block quote if you want to see examples of a block quote uh, take a look at the Purdue website or reference the Diana Hacker book it's just a little formatting uh, requirement in MLA for any quote that's over four lines in your text. Um, MLA citation looks looks pretty good. So let's take a look at the score for this this final essay. Purpose and direction. Clearly, this he knew uh, what he was writing about, where he was going. It was a clear attempt at an argument, and he was fulfilling the assignment. The thesis and the introduction was pretty good. I think the argument changed a little bit throughout the essay, so I would probably encourage the student to go back and tighten up that thesis, that that position, that argument. Um, The introduction, again, was a little long-winded for uh, the size of this paper. Two reasons with evidence. Uh, Again, this is out of uh, 40 40 points. He's got good reasons, and, you know, I, I think it shifts a little bit again but and there needs to be the reasons need to be cleaned up a little bit the evidence i think was a little long-winded on the quotes so i would take some points off for that Uh, as far as acknowledging the opposition uh, he does acknowledge the opposition but he he does so gingerly he doesn't go after them which is what you need to do in acknowledging the opposition uh, mechanics it had some MLA issues and the work cited is not entirely correct and some citation issues in in the text meets the page requirement 
Uh, so I'll give him an 8 out of 10. So total score, again, out of 90 points. This one is a little bit on the higher end, 82 out of 90, uh, which is a 91%, which for me is an A, but I but this, this essay is really kind of right there on the border. It's an A slash B. Again, issues of... Uh, citation and overusing uh, the quotes and uh, the shifting of the argument a little bit throughout the essay hurt his argument a little bit. Uh, so there you have it. Three more examples. This one, uh, uh, these examples about the local community argument, make use of them, access the PDFs, watch this video for uh, things to do, ways to structure and things not to do in your fourth writing assignment.